Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hey everybody, it's the Wrestling Classic Justin here. I just want to give a huge shout out to Maestro Classic. Have you ever wondered how superstars all stay so perfectly groomed? It's all because of Maestro Classic. Maestro Classic is the best in its category and loves crafting a better you in beard care. They are undeniably good at keeping your beard clean and conditioned. They have a sulfate-free beard wash to clean without drying your skin and leave a conditioning beard butter to help groom it smooth. The beard oil is silky smooth and will help give it a shine while the beard recovery is a deep conditioning rinse out product to help rejuvenate maestros. They also offer the trinity of hair care with lightweight pomade, gel and leave-in conditioning cream to help make your hair feel as unconditionally good as your beard. And listen, I'm not just saying this because they sponsor and endorse the page and this podcast. I'm saying it because I use Maestro Classic myself and I have been using it for years now and I love the way my beard feels and how fresh and healthy it is. If you are a bearded man, trust me, it is very important to use the right oils and wash and creams to protect and keep your beard healthy. It's fun to use the foam that comes on your beard when you're taking a shower using the beard wash and it's quality stuff. Guys, Maestro Classic is the real deal. And if you are a bearded man, do not look any further because this is the product for all of us. Maestro's Classic is one brand for every man. You can find them at Target or online. Or if you're in the partner state of Texas, you can check out the local Heb. Be sure to use your promo code TWC Maestro to save 25% if you do online purchases and keep doing the thing and get yourself some Maestro Classic. Ooh, yeah, dig it, Maestro, uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for the TWC show this week. It is just I, the Wrestling Classic, and Daniel from the Dropkick Podcast. I hope everyone is doing all right. There is a whole lot to talk about. We've had SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver, Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown. It's been a really long week of wrestling. Um, There's a lot of things I've already touched base on on my Instagram page, the Wrestling Classic, as the week has gone by because I felt like this would have been a long wait from SummerSlam. 
we considered doing a SummerSlam recap show. We just never did it. But how are you doing, Daniel? What's going on? I'm good, bro. Thank you for having me on the show. As you said, it's been a long week, but you know, how can we also forget that we interviewed uh, Diamond Dallas Page, one of the greatest of all time. And I uh, know what... two interviews this past week as well. We got Diamond Dallas Page coming up in mid September. We had, uh, I mean, I had uh, we did Diamond Dallas Page together. Mm -hmm. I also interviewed Arya Davari. Really good interview, by the way. That's gonna come out a little bit earlier in September because he's a free agent again. Um, starting September 23rd, so I want to get his story and everything that uh, he's all about right now out before he hits the independent scene and the wrestling scene again once his 90-day compete clause is complete. But, yeah. He's a fan of Duna. I watched it. Really good. I hope he does well for himself because I know his brother did, you know, pretty good for himself back in the day. But uh, one hell of a dude, you know? Yeah, and I think uh, we talked about it on there, but there was some sort of a – Obviously, there was a few guys like Muhammad, uh, uh, like uh, Mustafa Ali and like Cedric Alexander and others that broke yeah. out of that 205 category and got to go to the main roster and stuff. And now when you think about it, like, where really is Cedric? Where is Mustafa? Like, they tried things with them, but they don't really get that major push. Yeah. But uh, looking at the bigger picture, like, there was a little bit of a glass ceiling for that cruiserweight division that they all hired for 205 live and it almost seems like in my opinion i kind of brought it up on that in that interview which you guys will see in about a week's time is like i kind of feel like the 205 cruise division thing has run its course now um as mm -hmm. of most recently i think like people like yesterday someone was like oh there's women wrestling on 205 live like like it's called 205 live still but it's like not 205 live anymore yeah it's not, it's not strictly 205 live it's just kind of like oh we have the show just you know go wrestle a few matches see how you do but like i, I agree 100 percent. and you know with new changes speaking of new changes the nxt logo has been changed and i i know a lot of people have their opinions on it personally i think like i miss the gold and yellow or gold and black i should say logo i think that to me was nxt that to me was the stepping stone and you know to the main roster but like i don't you know we'll see how it plays out i don't want to you know judge too far right that also happened on uh during SummerSlam weekend was nick khan did an interview with ariel hawani for bt sports where he discussed a lot of how he started working with the wwe last summer when he first met triple h at triple h's 50th birthday party um the changes they're trying to make the things they're trying to implement um, the day one event that's taking place on January 1st in Atlanta, like doing an event on New Year's Day or like um, trying to do exclusive merch at the arenas that you can only buy at the arenas initially. And then obviously people will resell them and stuff, but they're not going to be sold on like WWE shop and whatnot. Uh, and another one of the big things was looking at NXT and rebranding it and focusing less on independent talent and creating their own talent from the ground up. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means like, taking athletes and bodybuilders and whatnot and trying to make them professional wrestling talent. I don't know if that means they're never going to reach out to independent talent. I don't think that's what he meant. I just think he meant right now it seems like it's majority former independent talent that made their, you know, perfected their craft on the independent scene. And he kind of was like, you know, we have a lot of good independent talent already implemented in our system, which they do. Because if you look, like, yeah, there's Kyle O'Reilly, there's Keith Lee, there's Karrion Cross, there's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And these are all guys that, like, Seth Rollins, these are all guys that killed it on the independent side. So they do have a good core of former independent talent. Yeah. But I don't know what they're looking to do now, but looking for bigger guys and looking for... I, just, I feel like, in a way, we're kind of going backwards. 
like we're going backwards and it's just like it goes back to the whole i don't like to bring this up i don't like to be that guy but it goes back to cm punk problem. like what does a wrestler look like in the year of 2025 let's just say big jack of guy not someone who is 510 can't look like he can't be world champion can't break out of that mold you know like what about guys who are on the you know rising scene like what about guys like myself who well, against the business you know what i mean I, it, it's weird it's really weird I heard Arya say this on the his uh, interview with Renee Paquette uh, oral sessions where he was like, it's, "It is weird though. Like you wouldn't want the guys who have been out here who qualify for the job, qualify that that have actually been like working towards this job. Like they've put in all mm-hmm. time and effort to be here. You want guys that don't even really want to be here. Yeah, you don't really even know much about this business, but you want them instead because you can mold them the way you want them to be." Mm. Which is weird. As for the logo, um, it does look cartoony. It does look Nickelodeon. It does look Disney. I made my jokes about maybe, you know, NXT season start airing on, like, the Disney network or something. But, like, I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remain optimistic. I'm not against change. Is it really Disney Channel, if you're Canadian, Family Channel-esque? Yes. Does it give me very, like... Saturday morning vibes, a hundred and ten percent. Like eating my oatmeal like I am right now with cereal. If you're a kid, oh, I still got pancakes. Bro. <laughs> Would you ever have pancakes with Jeff Jarrett? I don't want to. Trash, bro. <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, I, I'm gonna remain optimistic. I like because there was still a shitload of talent on NXT, and there's still a shitload of really good people on that show that. I want to remain optimistic. Are they going to change NXT UK too? I don't know. I feel like Nick Khan's not aware that NXT UK is a thing right now. But um, and I'm not even going to blame Nick Khan because even Nick Khan said in his interview, like, you know, a lot of it is a collaborative decision, even like when we're making the decisions of who we need to let go and, you know, we're not looking at what's like, we're looking in the future, blah, 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 whatever Gosh. the corporate political talk was. But um, I believe that, I strongly believe that, uh, that there's still a lot of talent there, and maybe it can still be good, even though it looks a little cartoony and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I think, you know what? Like, I agree, bro, like 100%. Because, like, why would you jump on the bandwagon? Like, oh, you know, NXT's ruined. I don't think it's ruined. I just think, like, they're just testing the waters to see, like, yo, what this. And, you know, good for them. You know, not a lot Did of. You watch Takeover. When was that? Okay, so you didn't. It was on Sunday. Oh. I didn't watch it either, but I watched three matches on that show. I watched Raquel and Dakota, so I'm going to talk about that really quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't like the ending to that. I don't, I don't know why they did that. I wanted Dakota to win. Me too. Me when Dakota too. lost, I was okay with it, but then they followed up with it on NXT with Kaylee Ray from NXT UK confronting Raquel. Make me feel like, is Dakota getting called up to the main roster, or like is she going to get a rematch? And there's been many great women on the main roster who are very successful that never won the NXT Women's Championship. Becky Lynch, um, Alexa Bliss, uh, Carmella. Like, they've all had a lot of success on the main roster never won the NXT Women's Championship, which is it's just totally okay. But that being said, I really feel like Dakota earned the opportunity to win that title. And I feel like... I don't know what they really see in Raquel that they like because I don't I don't get it. I, I'm going to be straight up. Like, I get it, but I got it when they first put the belt on show. But, like, I don't get, like the main deal of keeping the belt on her. I think it goes back to the whole conversation we always have. Like, you know, some people, some people need the world title to 
stay relevant in a sense. I'm not saying she's irrelevant, but it's just like to be a household featured name and be like, oh, Raquel's on the show. You know what I mean? And some people like Dakota Kai who are still really important on the show without the belt. I get like commercials for the new NXT where it's like, hey, you're watching the NXT. I saw that shit on Twitter. That's why it's like dying. Well, like, hey, I can totally see Dakota Kai doing that. Um, <laughs> I also watched Ilya Dragunov versus Walter. And he, won. he beat Walter. And he beat Walter. Walter was a champion for like over a thousand days. Don't get me wrong. I know that NXT UK was actually shut down for the most part of the pandemic, unlike the rest of the WWE programming. But that was a really long reign, and nobody's really beaten Walter and Ilya did, which is I a cool like, story because they faced each other before in a really big in a banger. Yeah, and it seemed like the payoff from that. But yeah. I feel like that was Triple H's decision. Like I could just tell, like you know, his fingerprints were all over that one. You, you know, he really uh, likes to give his talent what they deserve. And, and then lastly, it. the only other match I watched was Joe and Karrion Cross, which I mean, I can't sit and tell you I really paid a whole bunch of attention to it, but I think we all kind of knew what the outcome was going to be with Cross on Raw now. That Joe was going to take that belt. Um, pulled out the muscle buster. I feel like we haven't seen him do that for a very long time. Of course, like that was the move that retired TJ uh, Wilson, a.k.a. Tyson Kidd, unfortunately. Um, I think he hasn't really used it ever since then. But I understand the whole concept of, like, well, Karrion Cross has been unbeatable. What yeah. are we going to do to beat Karrion Cross and nobody else? What does he have in his arsenal? Well, does the muscle buster. If we can get away with it one time, this would be the time to pull the trigger on it. Mm-hmm. Karen Cross on NXT has been a dominant, strong, intimidating figure. Yeah. Now let's talk about this fucking outfit on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Yo, I didn't know who that was until like the Tyntron thing came up. You know, it's this cross or something like that. I was like, that's cross. The man still doesn't have Scarlet with him. And now he's. I know that he wore trunks that were kind of like gladiator esque, like that was. No, nah. like, he, he looked like a male stripper, dude. No, but I knew that he wore trunks that like had a little gladiator thingies. But now, like the whole gladiator outfit was unnecessary. The no, I understand. The, the suspenders. It's 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 like it's taken it too far in my mind. Um, <laughs> He looks like he looks like one of the demolition guys. Whether it's demolition, whether it's Farouk Assad, whether it's the the character from the WWE NW World for Revenge game, <laughs> looks silly. And um, they they do this to people from NXT. They did to Keith Lee, where they put him in like that skirt and like a shirt on him, and like they don't similar, right? keep the main event guys that were like, killing on NXT the way they looked the same way. And don't be wrong, there's some people that have been able to somewhat stay the same such as like a damien priest but like we've seen a lot of main event guys on nxt come up to the main roster and get repackaged in this weird way it just doesn't work and then there's rumors that like oh scarlet's not clear to compete that's why she's not with him but like she doesn't need to compete she's a manager is paul Heyman cleared like i don't understand i just i think i can kind of see the writing on the wall no pun intended but like i just with Kane and Cross, like the way they're booking him, I just, dude, I don't think he's going to be there any longer, my opinion. And that, with every, and I say that because with everything that's happened recently, the releases, the budget cuts, like all that, I just don't see him any longer in the company. And it sucks because he's hell of a talent. Don't get me wrong. You know, his promos were amazing in NXT, but it's just like, you know, sometimes you can't force the outcome you want, and that's okay. I think if uh, Karen Cross wasn't the NXT champion, 
at the point they called him up, like this is probably how he would have came up initially, but he lost the belt and now they repackaged him and kind of re-debuted him with this new look. Um, but who did he face on Raw? Was it Jeff Hardy? Maybe, I don't remember. But all I, because I think all we thought kept thinking was just like, this guy looks ridiculous. That's like, I think, I think it was Jeff Hardy, dude. No, wait, Jeff wasn't even on Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let me see here. Uh, I'm curious now. It wasn't Ricochet, was it? Um, yeah, I just I don't know how I feel about this look. I don't know how I feel about everything that's going on. I don't know who he faced. I can't. They don't even have pictures of who he faced. They're just pictures of his outfit because that's what we're doing now. Oh, Ricochet via submission. It was Ricochet. Well, hopefully, mm-hmm. like, you know, bad re-debut first impression. Maybe things will work out for the better in the long run. Maybe they'll next week lose the suspenders and eventually lose the helmet. Like, maybe it's a slow build to reinventing him. But as of right now, I'm not with it. Let's talk SummerSlam. And then we'll talk AEW. I don't think this is going to be a super long episode this week, guys. But let's talk SummerSlam really quickly. Of course, CM Punk came last week. And we recorded the episode last week right after CM Punk came back. Saturday today. Uh, so we had a full week of wrestling. And we had a week after CM Punk's been back. WWE, a lot. I don't think. I think WWE kind of had it planned. But I don't. But I also think part of it was also a reaction to Punk's return. Uh, we had a couple of big returns at SummerSlam, and that was Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar. For me, I said this a few times on my page and stuff. Uh, let's talk about the whole Becky Lynch situation first. First things first, I know there was rumors and like talk that Sasha might not have been there because they weren't booked for the live shows and something was going on. Like Obviously, Sasha didn't appear on the last SmackDown prior to SummerSlam. And I just didn't like the fact that with that already known, and I get them wanting to maybe do a surprise, that they, all the way up to the ring bell where Sasha was supposed to make entrance, they made the people believe that Sasha was going to show up. I know there are smart fans out there and people that were in the loop that kind of were like there in Vegas were like, no, no, like we had the heads up that Sasha wasn't going to be there. But that's because they know people, right? But for regular fans, nobody had a clue. So to build it up all the way to the point where we thought Sasha was going to fight Bianca still, only to swerve us with some shit. Like if I was there live, because I, I did consider maybe going there last minute, but obviously I found out that I need a COVID test 72 hours before, so it wasn't going to happen. But um, I would have been pissed if Sasha never showed up. And mm-hmm. Becky wouldn't have fixed that for me. Because as much as I like Becky, and I really do like Becky Lynch, I am a Becky Lynch fan. I don't love Becky. And mm-hmm. when it came to fucking Becky Lynch's run right before she left, I was, and I know it's not Becky Lynch's fault. It's it's the, the company and, the, and the, the writers and the people that make the decisions fault. But Becky started getting really annoying to me because we said it a million and one times. We prefer it when Becky's chasing the title than when she's the champion. And when she was the champion, she was becoming like Cena and she was just beating everybody. Mm-hmm. She beat Sasha. She beat Shayna. She beat, like, she was just beating everyone. And it was, it was getting annoying to the point where it's like, oh, they're really trying to shove Becky down her throats now and make her like that person. So it made me kind of dislike Becky a little bit. So her returning did not make me pop maybe the same way it made everyone else pop. I thought it was cool. 
but I wasn't like, oh my god, it's Becky Lynch, I'm so excited, let's go. I would have still been pissed that Sasha didn't show up. That being said, I hope Sasha Banks is okay. I hope she's well. I don't know what the issue is. We haven't really heard anything about it. We know that she likes to keep things really private majority of the time, and that's cool. I mean, Keith Lee, when he was out for a bit, we didn't know what it was, and everybody had so many different things that they speculated, and then finally he released a video and let us know that it was like heart and breathing and health issues, which was like, he didn't even need to let us know that, but it's like, wow, a lot of the shit people were speculating wasn't even true. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm just going to say I hope that Sasha's fine. Them bringing out Carmella, smart, because they took the fans on a roller coaster ride. And I'm never going to complain about seeing Carmella. Gorgeous woman. So she came out there. She gets in the ring. We think we're getting Carmella and Bianca. In that moment, I kind of thought, I'm like, you could get away with doing, like, a Carmella, Bianca, Zelina, Triple Threat match just to give the fans something if they really had to. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, back, uh Bianca did beat both them the SmackDown prior to SummerSlam. But it's like you could just made them a trip with that match to replace Sasha. But then um Becky's music hits. Dope. Okay, good moment. You made the fans piss that Sasha not there. Then you pissed them off even more by bringing Carmella out, who Bianca's already beat like four or five times in the past five, six months. And then you bring Becky out to get the fans back up. I'm all for it. I said this on my page. I was expecting Bianca to lose the belt to Sasha anyways. I wanted that. So I'm not mad that Bianca lost the belt. I was just mad that they hyped it up. Becky grabbed the mic. Let's blow the roof off this place. Bianca starts hopping around, getting hyped for the match. She's ready to go. One punch, a weird rock bottom, one, two, three, in like 26 seconds. I know WWE loves doing those like big surprise, like, oh, my God, they have, like, Brock, uh, Goldberg beat Brock and unexpectedly out of nowhere type of situations. But Bianca's still really new. And that doesn't really help her. <laughs> like, I think, like, it goes back, like, when that moment happened, I remember, like, my friends and I were in the same room and we were like, this just reminds me of when Kofi got squashed by Brock Lesnar in, like, what, 14 seconds or something, right? He, just, he, he threw the trouble in paradise and then it went back into that five and that was it. And it, and it sucks because Bianca got any offense. And I, and I, and I said that like, I'm not mad that it was a short match and Bianca lost, but if they did like four to five minutes of back and forth and then Bianca lost like a 10 minute match too, yo. Not even just like if they wanted to make it seem like, cause you could always run with the, I wasn't prepared for Becky. I've never wrestled Becky before. I was prepared for Sasha. And then you got me mentally confused, making me think I was going to beat Carmella again. And then Becky came out there. And you know what? She got the better of me really quickly. She she probably studied me and knew my weaknesses. That was a story there because it took five to six minutes. But when you do it in 26 seconds, it was just kind of like, it was like Uh-oh. a big fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Becky's back. We're putting the belt back in her. And listen, I'm happy Charlotte's a champion again because I wasn't with the whole Nikki Ash thing. I think the Rhea, Rhea needs time to reestablish herself and oddly enough it seems like they're doing some weird Rhea Ripley Nikki Ash tag team now which I hope Rhea doesn't become some sort of superhero but it gives me team hell no vibes yeah but um it does give team hell no vibes right but I went the rest of the week being like well Becky can't be the baby face now because like I think it's a really good time to turn Bianca heel because I feel like the fans aren't not gonna not share Becky I think Becky outside of what I think a lot of people really did jump on the Becky bandwagon and they really like Becky. So they're, I think, yeah. they're not going to boo Becky. And we I saw that SmackDown. No, that's what I'm saying. It's hard because Becky's really over, right? And like, I don't know if those cheers were piped in or not, but like, um, it's just, 
here's one thing. I, I, I want to say this right now. That promo that she cut, word for word scripted by the one and only Conor McGregor. And it wasn't word for word, but it was very similar. It was so similar, dude. I was just like, you know, like, I get that she wants to be, like, the female Conor McGregor. And that's cool, but, like, come on. Like, we're making it too obvious, yeah, you know, but... I don't know. Yeah, and Becky showed very heelish, like a heelish attitude on SmackDown, where you know she didn't even want to wrestle Bianca that night. She's like, "Nope, not tonight," and like was kind of like, "I'm not going to apologize for anything." The problem with that is that it's it goes back to why we used to come sometimes be like, "Oh, Becky reminds us of Stone Cold a little bit," not because she's like Stone Cold, it's because Stone Cold is always meant to be a heel, but the fans liked it. So when mm. Becky was a dick, the fans like it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why it's hard to make her heal when she's being cocky and arrogant. We fuck with it, so that's yeah. a fucking problem. So it's like I don't think you can turn her heel, but you can definitely turn Bianca heel. Yeah. What really stresses me out though is like what happens when Sasha comes back now, because I was personally really looking forward to Sasha Bianca too. Sasha goes to Raw, right? I feel like Fox likes Sasha. They've used her a lot in commercials. Bro, Fox SmackDown is stacked though. They don't need Sasha. I don't think Becky needs to stay there, to be honest. But maybe with Becky there, they're okay losing Sasha. I do think Carmella's going to Raw. Maybe Bianca and the Street Profits go to Raw. Because, I like, listen, outside of Bianca having a really good title run, decent title run, being pushed, um, worked out a lot better than I think Raquel or Rhea worked out. I don't think she reached the level that they thought she was going to reach in popularity. Yeah, I'd say so. But I think, like... But she wasn't yeah. Becky or Sasha or like one of the four horsewomen or Alexa Bliss. Like she didn't reach that level of popularity. The mm-hmm. fact that we're back at the beginning where Charlotte's the Raw Women's Champion and Becky's the SmackDown Women's Champion exactly 2016. It's cool. Not gonna lie. It's cool, cool, but like it's like they like they tried some stuff and now they're resetting. I think you know, I think it's because of COVID, dude. A lot of things have been affected by COVID. So I think they kind of have to like resurface, rebrand a lot of cool shit. And uh, we'll see We'll see what happens. But SummerSlam was really underwhelming, in my opinion. Like Edge's entrance was cool. Edge's entrance was cool. No, you were on. And like the match was up. People were saying it was so good. I didn't like bro. So, okay. I don't think it was, it was okay. Good. It was okay. I'm not going to sit here and say it was a bad match. It was a good match. It was not a bad match. No. I just think everything up to it was – okay, so they opened the show great because Rated RKO won the tag belts, and that was fun. And that was like a happy moment. Like they won the tag belts. Mm-hmm. We all won it. Everything that kind of followed it sucked <laughs> to an extent. Mm-hmm. That when we got to Edge and Seth, it was the best match on the card up to that point. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I think like – that entrance like really set the tone of the match and it was cool and like i found it weird how edge won like i wanted edge to win i remember i predicted edge to win but like the way he beat him i was like a submission that's not even his own move you know he could have done a sharpshooter which would have been cooler but like i get it you know edge goes over seth maybe goes to raw or i think edge got moved to raw secretly so when it was, was edge smacked on this week and then seth kind of put one edge i think they're gonna do one more match maybe and then when the the, the shake-up happens one of them's being drafted to raw because you know, Edge, Seth is doing that whole losing his mind, smiling, creepy, like, good for you, Edge. Congratulations. Like, that weird, funny, like, he's trying to be... He like, wants to kill him. But he wants <laughs> to kill him. Yeah. You know, so, like, I think we're going to get one more Edge, Seth, at Extreme Rules. And I think Edge needed the win. And I believe either you said it or Devin said it last week that, like, Edge just really hasn't really won anything mm-hmm. in a very long time. Since the Rumble, he hasn't, like, won a match. Like, yes, he's won matches on SmackDown stuff, but he hasn't won any of his big pay-per-view matches. Yeah. And he needs a W. 
And I think that was uh, his W. Now he can lose to Seth and get drafted to Raw, and it's cool. 100%. I am very happy. I think we should all take a moment and uh, have a moment of joy and happiness that John Cena is now gone from the WWE. The summer of Cena is over. He is not a 17-time world champion. He's not going to be a 17-time champion. I do expect him to be back around WrestleMania, so he will, Justin will be back around WrestleMania. Do, 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 do. And, you know, Finn kind of hinted it, and I don't, and I, I'm kind of down with it. If it is Finn versus Cena at WrestleMania for no title, I hope with that, and hopefully Cena comes back a little different. But thank you for coming. It was enjoyable. I'm not going to lie. It was a cool shirt you wore at, at SummerSlam. I'm and you did gonna, your job. You lost, and you went out gracefully as a loser. Like I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to see another win just because he looked like Dr. Like, he, bro, he reminded me of my childhood. Like, the way he just looked, he looked younger. And he I was wore like, a black T-shirt. That's all that he did. He wore no, black. He wore bro. weird colors for all the weird years when he went PG, but he wore a black T-shirt like yeah. it was 45 again. And it was, okay, you can't lie. His entrance was cool with all the old titles and, the, like, the new ones. Like, it just, like, it was so reminiscent. You know what I mean? Like, it was cool. What do you mean? So, like, when you know how his time shot says, like, you can't see me hustle low to respect? Yeah. Except this time around, it was, like, some special time shot. It had all the old WWE titles, like the Spinner, the World, the Undisputed, and had the dates under it. So when he won the titles. I, know, I knew that was on the back of his shirt. I didn't want, I didn't focus on the pen. It was so fucking cool. And, and then it, it, fucked it on Cena, so who cares? I was, I was pretty hyped. I was like, oh, this match. The match was crazy. very similar to their match at No Mercy in 2017. Like, very similar. Yeah. Like almost verbatim the same match in a sense, mm-hmm. but it was good. And I know people would run into it. I I thought I was gonna sit there and be like, "Fuck!" Like, there's a chance he's gonna win. But for some reason, there was no part of me that thought Cena was gonna win. You I know, thought I every AA the AEF, I'm like, he's not gonna win. It's just, I don't like. I just I thought I was gonna watch him be on the edge of my seat. Like, fuck him. I just I don't know what it was, but watching like, oh, then he's leaving. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not gonna cap, dude. Like the match is pretty slow. It was, it was okay. Like it wasn't the greatest match, but like, um, when Roman does like the ooh thing, and I yeah. was like, he's he's not gonna hit the spear and win, right? Like that's too obvious. And he does. One spear. He... It took him one spear to beat Cena, which was good because he just... did his job. He made Roman look strong, mm. and he left. Are you so, happy? I appreciate he did that. Good for you. Are you happy that he's gone now? I'm fucking. Ecstatic. <laughs> you don't have to hear those same trashy promo. Like, and honestly, everything he did. Now looking back at it, like, wasn't that great? What? Like, Face Off Roman didn't feel the same way they did in 2017. I feel like this John Cena is just playing movie John Cena. It's like it's like the thing I talked about, right? When The Rock comes back, it feels like he's playing Dwayne from the movies, and it's like it's not like the swag's not there. You know what I mean? Like. I don't he know. knew he wasn't going to stick around, so it wasn't that type of fire. Because there was a point where I think Cena knew he had to test the guys who were up and coming because he always had this theory that he hasn't seen him anyone that could do what he does yet, and that's why he's not stepping away. But now he knows he stepped away, so he's like, I got to make these guys look good. I got to make Because it's kind of sad. About the Roman promo, I'm like, no matter what he was dis- like, the When he dissed Roman in 2017, he was literally trying to diss Roman without really giving Roman a ball. Call him trash, bro. But this time around, he was, like, actually putting Roman over. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay, I see you dissing, but you're also, like, trying to make – which which is how you're supposed to do it regularly. So it was a different scene. But that being said, the Beast comes out at the end and confronts Roman Reigns. 
and they back out and leave the ring. And now I my theory is that we're gonna get Goldberg Lashley too at Saudi Arabia in October, and we're gonna get Reigns and Brock at Saudi Arabia in October. And I think that's why these guys came back, um, Goldberg and and Lesnar. And obviously, you know, Goldberg's not just gonna let Damian Priest get in the title picture after Bobby Lashley, you know, put his kid in a full Nelson uh, hurt hurt lock or whatever that was such a cool moment i was like you, know, you, you wanted that real bad i know that you you probably popped because that was something you were asking for and then you know i was down with it too i'm like fuck up fuck them kids right and then um basically like brock looks sick i dig the ponytail i dig the look i'm glad he came back this way i love the drama that we're getting on how is smackdown so much of a better show than raw it doesn't feel like it's WWE. it feels like it's his own little thing you know what i mean because like, like the whole uh, the thread that they played throughout the entire episode of can we trust Heyman or not? Did Heyman know Brock was gonna be here? Heyman's locked out of the locker room. Oh, the Russo's confront Heyman. Like, hey, what did you know? That and then Roman be like, no, 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 man. Like, it was so cool. Don't worry about it. Like, you are family. Come out there with us. Like, this thread of like, can we trust Heyman or can we not trust Heyman? Like, that's cool. Fuck with it. And I want to tune in next week. Are we gonna discover that Heyman did know Brock was coming? Is Heyman gonna turn on the on the bloodline? He's on the T-shirt. Was Heyman gonna side with Roman against Brock? Is this gonna be a Custy and Paul Heyman match? Like the joke that everyone's been making online. Is Heyman gonna be extended above the ring in a shark cage? Like what is going to happen with Paul Heyman, the bloodline, and Brock Lesnar? Because now he's in a weird place. And is Brock here for a longer period of time? Or is Brock here for the Saudi payday and dipping too? Mm-hmm. Is Roman just running through legends to build Roman stock before he gets to Mania or The Rock or you know whatever happens next? And is Finn just filler again? Like he was filler for the Cena situation? Because I don't. I know. just it sucks because yeah, to be taken Val- seriously, and the fact yeah. that he's not wanting the match at Extreme Rules and he wants it next week just shows that like they're using Finn as like this pawn. Where it's like we could do Finn and Roman, but we got Brock Lesnar. We could do Finn and Roman, but we got John Cena. We could do Finn and Roman, but we got like blah 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 blah. It's but like, give us Finn and Roman. No, bro. But I feel like so I was going through Twitter last night, right? And like I. I was like checking through the segment and stuff, and like people hated that Balor came out. They're like Balor and shit. Like we wanted to see Brock, and I feel like they're setting themselves up for failure. Well, that being because said, that being said, of course you'd want to see Brock. Hundred percent. But it's like or it was is Heyman with Brock or Roman? But you need like a slow burn. You need to wait. We need this no exactly. Burn. But I feel yeah. like they're setting Finn up in this position where it's like people are going to be disappointed because it's like that's not who he is. Finn Balor is one hell of a wrestler, one of a talent. And you know what I mean. And it sucks that he he's been giving these he's been given these cards, and now he has to deal with them. And you know, I don't know. I don't know. AEW has given us CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and potentially Adam Cole. I think he's going. The WWE has given us the same old Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. As much as I like Brock. I think Adam Cole's really going. I've been putting over since I think Adam Cole's going to. The fact that he didn't show up on SmackDown, I think everyone either thought Adam Cole was going to interrupt Roman, which would have been a moment. Or he was going to be like that surprise opponent for Dominic, which ended up being Sami Zayn. Um, Thank God, because you wouldn't want Adam Cole's debut against like Dominic Mysterio to help what? the Dominic Rey Mysterio feud. Yeah, like, what would you want? <laughs> we never answered the question of who do you think is the heel going to be the heel in the situation, Becky or Bianca? Uh, I think I think your point was like pretty spot on. Like Bianca should be the heel. Like you can't. Becky's so over to the point where it's like, you know, I don't think you can't like boo her. And with the marriage and everything, bro, like I just, I think Bianca needs to turn heel. I'm with you. I fucking love Rated RK, bro. I just want to throw that out there to you. 
the like, I watch Raw. Raw fucking is boring as fuck. <laughs> no, oh. so much, you remember what happened way. on Raw? You remember what by happened? By the way, Raw? there's so much good shit happening on Raw. There's so much good talent on Raw, but something about it still makes it boring. Like you got the yeah. Miz, you got the Morrison who who split up this week. Bro, I was so fucking angry. Like that. You got Damian Priest and Drew McIntyre and someone else was in the title picture this week. I forget who it was. Sheamus. Like, you have all this stuff happening. Like, this stacked with talent. Mm -hmm. But it still comes out. Like, you have AJ Styles and Randy Orton there. AJ Mm -hmm. fucking Styles and Randy Orton. But for some reason, it still feels underwhelming, that show. I don't know what it is. It's like, are the same people? If Bruce Pritchard is overseeing both Raw and SmackDown, how is one show so much better than the other? Oh, wow. Look what just happened. What? So someone confirmed that JR will be stepping out of his role as a full-time announcer. As a commentator? Yes. I believe that. He's expected to. I believe that, I, I've been saying that for a bit. I feel like he doesn't feel that motivated on the commentary desk. He doesn't really vibe with the style of professional wrestling that we get on AEW, like Super Kick Lucha Bros and death matches and all that stuff. I think he's great in the role of doing the backstage interviews. He's a good going to be great in the role of dealing with the talent backstage and being that person and helping the announced team. But you have Taz, you have Excalibur, you have Tony Schiavone. Now Jericho might lose to MJF and be a full-time commentator or some bullshit like that. You have Mark Henry, you have the big show. You have all these people that can do commentary. Mm-hmm. You, like you can still utilize Jim Ross. I mean, like Tony Schiavone is on the commentary desk in the ring doing interviews, backstage doing interviews. Like that guy's all over the fucking place. No, Tony's the man. I love Tony. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Excited this past week, being like, "Yo, like it was like such an honor to hear this man, a voice of my childhood, introduce me." Like he's, like, I never yeah. thought that would happen. Like Tony, that's Schoen- so cool. He probably he watched Nitro as a kid, you know. Like, yeah, you know. and like you know, Shimani only worked at the WWE in 1990. He never worked there after WCW. Yeah, 2001. So like he never had that experience with Tony Shimani, and that is fucking cool. That's so uh, cool. We'll get to AEW and Punk in a second, but uh, yeah, the Miz and Morrison. That's a big deal. The finally splitting up. I didn't like the fact that they're having the Miz and Morrison match this week on Raw. I thought they'd build it to Extreme Rules. Maybe there'll be some shenanigans where the match doesn't actually happen or Miz gets himself DQ'd to like not wrestle with Morrison. But we saw it coming as the weeks were going on, Miz faking the injury and all that. But I need Morrison to have a proper singles run. I'm scared he won't still because the Raw's just... Yeah. I mean, we have Jeff Harvey on main event, so who knows? Um, but hopefully Morrison gets a proper singles one after this breakup. Yeah, no, 100% I agree. Morrison's super talented, and I just hope they don't throw him in like the 24-7 title picture of Reginald. Both, can you imagine both of them doing, uh, doing parkour or some shit? I have oh, no man. idea. The other thing I want to talk about with SmackDown is I am hyped that Liv Morgan's back on TV and she's in the title picture, and she delivered once again. All the training she's been doing with Natty and TJ and everyone down there, is, like she's improving every time we see her. And I hope she gets more opportunities. And then also, I'm never going to complain about seeing Carmella on my TV. Girl's gorgeous. It's a homie. Love you, Mella. And I'm never going to complain about seeing Zelina Vega on TV because, uh, you know, she's a good friend as well and supports the page and everything. Um, yeah. So I am not upset about any of that. Um, I'm glad all four women got featured this week. And, yeah. Um, other than that, other than WWE, because we'll all talk about AEW, I just want to take a short, brief period to talk about Something we've said we've wanted to talk about for a couple of weeks, and we haven't. It's Saturday morning today, so we haven't seen episode three. But how have you been feeling about Heels so far? Bro, let me tell you about Heels. Heels is amazing. I love I love the storytelling and how, like, each episode, like, evolves around different characters. So it's not like 
you know, it's not always about Ace or Jack. It's always about, like, the side characters, too. And, like, I think the way it's going is pretty good. It almost makes me feel like I just don't want to watch, like, real wrestling on TV. or rather just watch Heels now because, like, it's so much more entertaining. But, um, no, I think they did a great job with, you know, um, the different characteristics uh, and a bunch of, you know, wrestling terms like kayfabe and you know, being a character and stuff. So it's, like, a really good show. If you... Mm-hmm. Grew up watching things um, like TV dramas, like I don't know, The OC or One Tree Hill, or um, I don't know why those are the first two that came to mind. There's a lot of other ones too, Beverly Hills 90210. I don't know, all that type of shit. I'm not saying it's like that. Heart of Dixie, like, this is it's a good, well produced television show based around professional wrestling. Oh, oh, the perfect comparison. Sorry, this was the perfect comparison I had. If you watched and enjoyed Friday Night Lights. It was a football show. It was a drama based around college football. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like that. It was a, like good characters, good storytelling, and it's not just a wrestling show. It's a it's a TV show. But Steve yeah. is killing it. The actress that plays his wife is really pretty. She's killing it. The actress that plays she his looks brother, like Brie Bella. Yeah, the actress that plays his brother. Like it's just really good. It guys, it's two episodes in so far. I hate watching shows week by week. Like I'm not a big fan of that. I wish I could binge watch all the episodes at once. But this is worth waiting week for week for. Like I just because the first episode will suck you in. The story they tell, the beef between the brothers, the uh, opportunity the younger brother gets over the older brother. Like they set it up so nicely that when you get to the end, you already kind of see what's coming, but you still get like, oh wow, that actually happened. Yeah, kind of slows things down. And I think the difference between the second episode and the first episode is. We saw a lot of the, sh- the the wrestling show in the first episode, mm. like wrestling scenes and like and ring scenes and them showing their show. When the second episode is more about the people and less about the actual them putting on a show, sure, um, yeah. per se. But CM Punk's gonna be in episode three. Um, what is he called? Rabies. Rabies or something is his wrestling character name. Very, yeah. it really does focus on like what the real. If you go to your local independent wrestling, like if you support your local independent wrestling. You'll understand the vibes because it mm-hmm. is very that, mm-hmm. and he still thinks that this company can be big time, yada yada yada. In the world of WWE, like the, he's still like you know what I mean. So it's like, watch the show, guys. It's really well produced. Stephen Amell is killing it. Um, he's that's behind the show. Uh, it's a cool way to show what I think is the greatest form of art and athletics and professional wrestling, but in a way that even re- non-wrestling fans can enjoy. Did you come up with that, by the way? I'm sorry. I, 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 I've never heard anybody else say it, but that's what I've been saying since 2004. You need to trademark that. I'm, I'm being for real. Put that on a t-shirt, dude. But um, I think like it, it showcases this business and this form of entertainment in a unique way. And it's, it's is one of those situations where like, I, I promise you, like, if you have a significant, if you're a big wrestling fan, you have a significant other that doesn't like watching wrestling with you, or it's like, oh, you're watching wrestling. Like, watch this show with them. They'll, I, I bet they'll enjoy it because it's not a wrestling show. It's a show about wrestling, but about life and and relationships and family and um, hopes and dreams and looking at things at a big picture and letting things go. It's just there's a lot happening, and I think Heels is a really good show. You should check it out. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Now. AEW. The greatest um, show on television right now? Yes, sir. CM Punk is back week two. Um, he even said it himself, they, they obviously taped Dino, uh, Rampage right after Dynamite this week, but he was like, I know eventually this whole 
you know, the the getting hyped when you hear called the personality and seeing me is gonna wear off, but like, you know, I'm I'm soaking in the moment as long every time I can while it's still here. And you can literally see him soak in the moment every single time. He's so happy to be back. And although the second promo is never gonna hit like the first promo and see him come back for the first time, and I think that's what people need to get a grasp of is like it's gonna feel the same way it felt when he first walked out and came out and returned to wrestling. It's never gonna feel the same. Mm-hmm. It's like Shawn Michaels returning in 2002 to be a part of the NWO, and by like week three, it's like okay, Shawn Michaels is here and he's part of the NWO. Like it's it, it it never stays the exact same for like even Cena. Like he came back in Money in the Bank and it was sick, and then as the weeks went on, you're like okay, now we're back to the same Cena shit. I'm not saying we get the same punk shit because it's still really exciting, but I think people just need to be a little, little bit patient. And just mm-hmm. let him enjoy it. Let him in. Like the promo on Dynamite this week was still good. Uh, there's something like, and I said it. There's something about Mike uh, Punk on the mic that just hits different. Like it just it connects. It's the tone of his voice. Like I just I listen when he's talking. Yeah. That being said, he only has so much to talk about right now. Mm-hmm. He's wrestling Darby. He continuously keeps putting over Darby, and the match is literally next weekend. So he's doing what he needs to do. And then everyone that's complaining, like, well, when is he gonna Roman wrestle? Literally next weekend. You just gotta wait till all out. That's all you yeah. <laughs> no, um, I think I think that promo really hit home, dude. It's, it still hasn't like sunk in for me like fully that CM Punk's back wrestling. Like it's so weird. But um him dropping that hint for Daniel Bryan being like, Oh, you guys gotta wait a little longer. Like Yeah, the fans are panning, yes, and he was like, That's somebody else's shtick, and maybe you just gotta wait, maybe you just gotta be a little patient. Uh, and then everyone like you know and he made like a you know he hinted and supposedly like on his shoes each week he's been writing letters on his shoes ac bw bw for bray wyatt the second week and it's like the hitters in and we've talked about this off the air going back to my uh eric bischoff interview if you guys haven't go check my casual conversation with eric bischoff it's on my youtube channel and if you're following the tlc show on spotify apple podcast you can scroll down and find in the archives but um when I talked to Bischoff about AEW signing, you know, established stars from WWE or people that are getting released and this and that, he made a he, he said, you know, it's it's good. It's all, obviously never not going to be good, but like you can, it's always going to make that same mistake that you hired this other talent, there and they were high up on this ladder, and you know, we sit here and we're like, you know, Pox, someone that could be in the world title picture eventually. Uh, um, Jake Hager could potentially be, you know, he had world title match and stuff. Uh, Eddie Kingston. Uh, they're trying to build Sean Spears. They're trying to build MJF to that level. Like you have all these guys. Pentagon could have been a title contender if they really wanted to. He was an MLW. But the more you bring in CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt, this person, Adam Cole, that person, those other people are gonna fall over on the ladder. Mm. Miro could have been a title contender when they brought in Miro. But now you're like, well, does Miro fall down the ladder? Because He's not CM Punk. He's not Daniel Bryan. He's not, and you're not gonna move Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks or Cody Rhodes. Like they're gonna stay where they're gonna stay. So it's it's crazy to see how long people stay. It's crazy to see how people are used. Like does that make Hangman less relevant? Or no, 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 come no. back and win the world title. Hangman. Okay, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you something, brother. So like, I feel like this is my opinion. I don't want your followers to come at me because they always come at me for no reason. But uh, Hangman Adam Page is the soul of all elite wrestling. You know, since the day he signed, you know, he had this tear in his eye. He had a dream that, you know, he wanted to win the world title and really make it. Because let's be honest, before AEW, the mainstream audience, the majority of the people did not know who Hangman was. And the fact that this Kenny Omega storyline got him over to the point 
where this man gets the loudest pops every single week tells you that this man is must see. And when he comes back, bro, I will literally be so – I love Hangman. Like, here, listen – I love CM Punk. I love Daniel Bryan, but there's something about Hangman that just like captivates me. And he has like, he's one of their homegrown talent. Hundred and ten percent. Like Christian's another guy that came in there. Now he's kind of he's the one facing Omega, and, the, and that's like that could have been Pac, that could have been Andrade, that could have been Miro, that could have been so many people. Andrade's it. Like, does we thought Andrade coming was a big deal, but now with all these other people coming, does that like make Andrade fall down the ladder a little bit of priority? Yeah. And that's like the issue here. Yes, they have their homegrown talent. I don't think guys like Hangman, MJF, Jungle Boy, Sammy. Um, I'm trying to think about the younger talent. There. I don't think it's going to hurt them necessarily because they have time on their side. Yeah, and they can get established here and go to the WWE as much as they fucking want if they want to, or they can stay here and eventually they'll be there on the top of that card. Because I don't think guys like Punk and Brian are going to be here forever. But at least for the next like two to three years, like. Mm-hmm. You're going to be taking it a little easy, and hopefully, guys like Punk. Well, Punk has said it. Like he's like, I want to work with the Brian Pillman Juniors. I want to work with the Darby Allens. I want to work with the Jungle Boys. So I think that's what he's here for. I don't think Punk's intention is to become the AEW World Champion. That's what I'm saying. Like a lot of people need to get a grip on that. Yeah, I don't think he's here to be like you know when they when Christian first came up, they put him in a position where he looked like he wanted to challenge Kenny. Punk's coming in here like, no, no, I don't even care about like the world championship belts and shit. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to wrestle the young guys. I would have been a fan of Darby Allen when I was 15 years old. Yeah. And I love that shit. Um, I'm glad he's back. Uh, it's going to be weird as fuck when Brian gets it too. It's just weird. And it's crazy how it's taken one year. I think everyone, in the, the end plus a pandemic, which kind of still things into, too, but I think all these people sat at home and they watched to see if AW would still be around in a year. And they watched to see what people that were working there said about it. And like punks himself in the press conference. The scrimmage he did after last week's rampage where he was like no the more that some of my old friends started working here like christian like mark henry like people that he knew that started working there and i would talk to them about it he's like they kind of led me to think like no it would be like a good decision like it is a different vibe here it's not the wwe and i've always said this to people throughout the years i'm like i don't everyone's like oh punk's always shooting on wrestling punk's that fuck wrestling no, 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 no. he hates those fans Punk never had a problem with professional wrestling. He had a problem mm-hmm. with WWE. And if you go back and you watch the CM Punk documentary, Best in the World, that they put out back then, you can tell what his problems are because he's still talking about them on there. Like, he hated the scripts. He hated them not believing that he could be healed. He hated the way things were there, even in that documentary. And he was trying to fight through it, and it still didn't. It just it wasn't a place for him. So when an idiot like Booker T is like, oh, well, he came out there and his debut promo for AEW and he just spent his time shitting on uh, WWE and didn't really talk about what it meant to be. He did talk about what it meant to be in AEW. He did put over Darby Allin. He d- he was putting over professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. I left in 2005 and now I'm back in 2021 because he's saying the only thing he said subtly was that whole period I was in the WWE, that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't acknowledge that. No, no, that wasn't it. That wasn't wrestling. That was some shit I did. And why would I go back to this place that almost killed me? That's all he said about the WWE. So for Booker T to be like, well, he just came out there. And instead of making this a moment about him and AEW, he made this a moment about let me shit on WWE. Well, I mean, like. Ice cream bars. Like, Booker, sir, put on your glasses. Read a book. Learn something. <laughs> no, but uh, this is totally off topic. You know, he talks about, like, the place almost killing himself or killing him, you know, like that. Dean Ambrose had this like giant stab infection like on his elbow or whatever, 
and like it almost got into his bloodstream and it was gonna kill him like he said this in his like documentary too i'm pretty sure right before he left the company and he's like i was trying to get it treated but it's like you know you gotta work through the nagging injuries you gotta make sure you don't lose your spot on the card so when you come back you get the loudest reaction and he did and then look what happened to him after right They're still didn't use him probably and let me tell you something about moxley he cut a promo last week. I don't know if it was on Rampage or if it was on Dynamite where he was like, you know, I came here now. Everybody else thinks they can just come here and da 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 And I was like, you know what? This would be a good way to turn Moxie heel. If Brian shows up and one of the first people he feels is a heel Moxley, I'm fucking with it. Bro, <laughs> that would be fire. Because he be has fire. an argument. I came here when nobody knew what AEW was going to be. I came here and supported this company when it was the, the, the being elite internet guys and Chris Jericho. Like That's all they had. I held this company through a pandemic. I was a champion through its hardest time. And now CM Punk just waltz in here. Now Daniel Bryan just waltz in here. Now Bray wants to come here. You guys are you guys want day oneers. Like there's a story there. That's facts. That's you fact. know? But I, I feel like I left the ship over there. Like he can, obviously the WWE ship's not sinking. And this, if he did say this, this would get like a lot of backlash on the internet. But I jumped off the ship before it started sinking. Mm-hmm. I jumped off that ship before they started letting go of all their talent. Like you know what I mean? Like he can say that shit. You yeah. guys are jumping on now because I helped build this place. Like, there's now it's secure there. for you to come through. Yeah, now I made this place along with these guys a place to be. And now you think you can just come in here and outshine us? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hyped, dude. I'm, I'm excited to see what you know AEW has to offer in the world of professional wrestling. And I know, uh, Tony Khan, you know, sometimes could disappoint, but sometimes. You know, in the bigger picture, he does deliver, man. You whether can't, you can't. Whether it's been bad, whether I complain about how things are, like you know, scheduled throughout the show and the formatting, or whether I complain about like you know some of the matches drain me, or like I sometimes watch Dynamite twice. I will say every single week, without mm-hmm. a doubt, I've looked forward to Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Whether I I look at the card like this week, we looked at the card and I was like, oh, was it Rampage? And we we're like, oh, like I think it was Rampage. Factory QT Marshall. And his guy isn't against the gun club. Like, who gives a shit about that? Like, we have those moments sometimes, but like, but then it's like, I still look forward to tune in because it's just different. You know, they'll take risks. You know, they'll try things even if it fails. Mm-hmm. You know, even if most of the show you don't, it's, it, it's it, the exact same feeling I have with SmackDown. Mm-hmm. There's going to be shit on SmackDown that I'm not going to enjoy. Like, I don't care what Otis is doing. Like, I, I am a Shinsuke fan, but I'm not, like, so hyped about what Shinsuke is doing, Apollo and stuff. Happy Corbin, that shit's hilarious. That shit's so funny. funny. again. But, like, I know I'm going to tune in because there's stuff I do like on there for sure. I like the women's division on SmackDown. A lot of people that I'm fans of are there. Sasha, Becky, uh, Carmella, Zelina, Liv. Like, a lot of people that I actually want to support and follow on SmackDown, so I enjoy that show. Keegan, Shotzi, uh, Natalia, yada, yada. And then I love everything the Bloodline's doing. And I love mm-hmm. Beth. And I love I like Edge out of the title picture. I don't love Edge in the title picture, but I like Edge out of the title picture. Um, and that's how I feel about AEW, because I'm like, even though I might not care too much about what QT Marshall's doing or what this match is, I'm like, I want to see what Punk does. Mm-hmm. I want to see what outfits the Bucks are wearing this week. I want to see... Sting and Darby. Mm-hmm. I want to hear a wild thing. Like, no matter what, like, there's something that drags me. I want to, if MJF's coming out, I want to hear this motherfucker talk. 
I want to see this guy fucking wrestle. There's a lot of people in that company I want to support there too. And finally, the last point I want to make about AEW is that because they have this secondary show on national television with Rampage, they are doing a better job of giving us more women's content on the national television shows. Because I feel like there's a very long period of time where a lot of the women's stuff was happening on Dark and Elevation. And like no one's really watching that every week. Let's be real. I watch it every now and then, so I'm not going to sit and be like, oh, nobody ever watched it. Like, sometimes I will randomly be like working on an article or something like, I'm going to on Dark, I'm going to on Elevation. But I feel like now we get like at least one women's match on Dynamite if we're, you know, lucky. And then we'll get like, a, we're definitely getting one women's match on Rampage every week. Mm-hmm. That's why two weeks of Rampage have given us like one women's match. And even if the matches aren't great, it's establishing that division and the characters in that division, the women in that division. Like, we have the bunny with Penelope now. And then on the flip side, we have Chris Statlander uh, helping out Red Velvet as they fight uh, Britt Baker and, and Jamie Hayter and Rebel. And, like, Jay Cargill is doing her thing. She was on the, uh, Rampage last week. So it's just like they're doing and building people for that division. And I'm happy because the women's division is one of the divisions in AEW that I felt like always needed the most help. And I feel like they're finally getting the spotlight on them that they deserve. And also, lastly... Did you see Cash Wheeler's wound and everything? <laughs> that was really nasty. Um, I really hope he heals up because, like, I don't know if that's, like, a career-ending injury. Like, I'm not too... Yeah, I don't know if that's a shoot if they're doing it for the storyline because I, I do believe that he, like, obviously he really got hurt and I do believe that he obviously went... It was, like, way worse than they expected or thought. Like, I do believe that he probably had, like, nerve issues and couldn't feel in his hand for a bit. Like, those are all things I genuinely believe in and I do think is real. I'm not saying that anyone would lie about that necessarily but i'm like i don't want to believe as a fan of ftr as a fan of the revival i don't want to believe that this is a career threatening injury where they might not be able to take together moving forward again that's and that's the only reason I'm, I'm not saying i don't believe in everything that's happened but i want to i personally would love to believe that the, all that stuff was true and he's healing but now they're going to use it in the storyline as in like this could be our last time wrestling we're going to have one more match and I want to believe like this is like a get us hyped about FTR again because mm-hmm. I'm not, the hype did kind of die down with the bunks bucks won the tight titles and just like never defended them against them again like, you know, like mm-hmm. and realistically like oddly enough like I know the inner circle is still a thing and the pinnacle is still a thing but they don't come off much as like groups anymore. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, as a faction, yeah. I know what you mean. Like, the, I know the inner circle still has, like, they're, they're in a circle, and the pinnacle are still together necessarily. Like, if MJF needed backup, we will, we'd probably see FTR and Wardlow and JK. I mean, well, not JK, like Sean Spears and stuff, throw me wrong. But, like, they're not com- they're not like coming to the ring and cutting promos together as groups and stuff as they once were. So, yeah, yeah. Like, everyone's doing their own thing. Like, Santana and Ortiz haven't been, like, hanging out with Chris Jericho on a weekly basis now. So, like, um, I just, yeah, I don't want to see FTR be done and i hope this is just like taking a bad situation and getting creative with it now that he's doing better rather than yeah. still actually being a bad situation and them actually genuinely being like this could be it um hope not dude you know one, yeah. one of the greatest tag teams of all time i'll say right now they're matching against diy in toronto in 2016 blew the roof off of this place and uh, i couldn't get to go but i watched it at home and like you know it made me really understand tag team wrestling and you know so it's all about but Wishing him a speedy recovery, you know, and uh, hope they come back stronger than ever and run that division <laughs> for sure. Guys, that is it for this week. I know it's a little bit of a 
low energy episode compared to like last week and whatnot. Um, no, we were fucked last time. We hope to get Tim Han Rivera back on the show. Uh, go check out Subway Mania, guys, if you haven't on YouTube. That's his shit. Um, obviously, Devin's welcome on the show whenever he has the time. I'll have him back on as well. It's been a long week. I'm tired. Um, I've got a lot of things going on, hence why we're a little low energy. Uh, I know Daniel's had a long week, too. We, I, we did not sleep last night. We were trying to edit and make sure that DDP episode was open. Trash, bro. We did have technical difficulties with the DDP episode, so uh, we tried. I'm literally, like, fixing it right now. Like, it's re-uploading with even more edits to it right now as we speak. So, like, trust me. Um, it will be out soon, though. I uh, appreciate you guys all for tuning in. Guys, if you haven't already, read my articles at 1.37 p.m. Subscribe to the TWC show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Wrestling Classic. Um, if you're a Gary V fan, if you go to any podcast app and you are a, and you subscribe to the Gary V experience, he re-uploaded my interview with him on his channel, which was really fucking cool. So check that out. And yeah, man, just keep doing the thing, everybody. And we'll see you all next week, man. Anything yeah, else you want to add? That DVD in the bookstore, man. Yo, yo, Devin, I was at a bookstore, bro. I was at a bookstore and they had mad wrestling DVDs. I'm like, oh shit, this shit is cool, bro. I saw some TNA shit, bro. It's that Jeff Jarrett, bro. Then, like, his whole face is just. <laughs> and last but not least, would you eat pancakes with Jeff Jarrett? We'll see you on that week. And keep doing this thing. Ooh, yeah, dig it. Uh...